Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And today we are having some straight talk about your house. Is your nest dirty or is it clean, Marjorie Punnett? <laughs> We're discussing the idea of a clean house today. And I've been thinking a lot about this, Marjorie, as I sort of ponder my life now with three children yes and working and balancing all of these things and and all of these messages that come at us as moms that say just let the house go let the laundry go you can fold laundry another day you what you need to be doing right now is soaking up the memories with your children we've gone so <laughs> far from the other end of the spectrum which was you must have a perfect house all the time or people will shame you to it's almost like if your house is too clean then you're probably not an engaged parent. So we'll get to that aspect in a minute. But first, I want to know just in general from you, because I don't really know this about you. Are you super clean or are you living in a disaster zone? What's going on? Uh, well, I would say I am. I I would say I'm tidy ish. OK, so I like I like a deeply cleaned house. So when I deep clean, I deep clean. Growing up, I I know how to do that. Like, and I, and I enjoy that. So I think a lot of people aspire to have a cleaning person or they love having a cleaning lady if you can afford it. I never did. I never, I, I tried at one point to do somebody like monthly. I don't enjoy that because I actually like doing it myself. And so <laughs> would I say I'm a neat freak? Absolutely not. My family would laugh if I said that. But I I know what a clean, a really deeply cleaned house looks like. And I generally will keep a house fairly tidy with some hidden disaster areas. Okay. So that was always the, like, when I look back at, and I'm, like, right now I live by myself. It's super easy to be clean. I mean, I make sure my kitchen is clean every night before I go to bed. The only mess that's made is the one that I make and I'm happy to live with. So I don't think that really counts when you live alone. When I was, when the kids were growing up, the house was almost always presentable. Like I would always feel comfortable if someone were to come over and walk into my house. Right. There would be, there would be no embarrassment. And if we were having a dinner party or something, it'd always be like, I would get the house to non-embarrassing stage. Kitchen, living room, dining room, porch. Are those all good? Yes. As a philosophy in our house, the kids' rooms were the kids' rooms. So if they were a disaster, that was the one thing I was adamant about. I did not nag them about that. Yeah, you weren't going to control that. You you live in the space that you're comfortable living in. I don't have to go in there. And generally, they were pretty good. And it's funny to see my children now. Like, I'll go to my son, my oldest son's, both of their apartments. But if I go visit my older son... It's so neat. Like, it's very neat. And my younger son is absolutely the same way. They are buttoned up. 
And the funny they're thing minimalists is, too. So that's they're minimalists, so it's easy. But yeah. they also, and I think we'll get into this. One of the things, you know, when they say, "Oh, leave the laundry," you can fold it every day. That's BS because the laundry just piles up then. <laughs> That's so it's like I you feel. can't say leave it. And and the testament to that is in my house in St. Paul, I had a laundry chute. And so I did leave the laundry to another day. And there was probably a six-foot pile of laundry ever growing in our basement. Yeah. Well, our laundry chute stops. Like you can't <laughs> fill it up past a certain point because there's like a receiving end in the basement. And it's this big – box essentially with a door that you open up and right. so if too much laundry is piled up then oh, you can't put any more down the chute because it right. just slides and slides and slides and it's really fascinating i am the complete opposite of you in that i do not know how to deep clean at all and i am a terrible deep cleaner and the reason is is because my mom when she was growing up had really terrible memories of always having to clean right? and always having to, um, it just, it was not happy memories for her. Right. Like a lot of things from her childhood. And so for, with my mom, she is super intentional and was always really intentional about giving us a different type of childhood. Right. And so we never had to clean. So we never even like really deep cleaned. I mean, we would have to pick up our room and stuff like that. And there were chores and things that we would do. And we were all taught to be very hard workers. We all had jobs at young ages. We were always like, I I mean, I was babysitting full time when I was 11 to 12. But not cleaning the house. But not cleaning the house. And um, that's so so, interesting. And we had dishes nights where like I had to do the dishes certain nights of the week. And that involved like putting them in the dishwasher. Right. And I hated that too. So I'm a terrible deep cleaner and I do outsource my deep cleaning and I have housekeepers who come to my house regularly. Right. And I would rather spend my time. I always say this, like I'd rather spend my time cooking food so we don't spend money on takeout versus cleaning. And I don't want like, I don't want to have to navigate that in my relationship. I don't want to have to say, I don't want someone saying to me, you need to clean on Saturday. And I don't want to say you have to clean on Saturday. And so we sacrifice in other areas because that's what I want. Like I drive old cars and no car payment, but I have a cleaning team. And that is my friend where I'm putting my money. And I think that's, and that's a really, and, and we acknowledge just from the get go, huge, huge luxury. It right. is. Even if yeah. you're sacrificing it from other things, there are people who there's no there's no budget right. to sacrifice from. You're right. You yeah. can't make it happen. So mm-hmm. we get that. That having been said, I think it, all of those choices about what you want to do with your family and what you don't want to do are so personal. But for me, I my kids always helped. Yeah. And that was and I think that was a good thing for them as young men. Like I remember a guy I dated in high school. My boyfriend's senior year, we both ended up going to the University of Illinois. And so we sort of still kept in touch when we were in college. And I remember him telling me that his mom had like packed, like I had like portioned laundry detergent, like for him when he went off to college because he had never done the laundry. Yeah. Like he had never done his own laundry. And I think there are lots of children that are raised that way that don't necessarily aren't an integral part of maintaining a household. Now, my kids... And my mom, like, was dumbfounded by this. But when we lived in Atlanta, we had a classic Charleston-style house, which means large front porches. So mm-hmm. we had three front porches on the front of our house. There was a porch for every story of the house. That's so fun. And they were painted black. 
in Atlanta, in the spring, you get pollen. And it's a very fine yellow pollen, which covers everything. Yeah. So my kids were six and four. They know how to use a bucket and a scrub brush. <laughs> they were in charge of keeping the porches clean. And my mom came to visit once, and I'm like, you know, time to clean the porches. And they had buckets. My kids always had buckets with their names on them. And they would take the bucket, and they would clean their porch. And they were always my floor scrubbers. They're they're really good deep cleaners. But oh, part of cute. what I did is they had their own cleaning supplies. Yeah. And I actually think it's a good lesson for kids to know how to deep clean if you're not going to hire it out that the family be responsible for keeping the house clean, not the wife, not the mom. Yes, that is 100% true. And we definitely do that in our house. And we did that in our house growing up with like picking up. It wasn't just, you. I mean, I do remember coming home a few times and my mom would have cleaned my room and I thought that was like the most amazing thing. And it would be a big deal. It would be like, (laughs) mom cleaned your room and you would thank her and it was so wonderful. And you know, with my kids, like I do laundry, fold it and they put it away. Right, And they have it it all. But some of this is also you have to set up systems in your house so that it works and so that people can keep things clean. And I think that argument of that advice of just letting the laundry and the chores go and just focus on making memories with your kids, I think it's like it's excessively romanticized because I don't know how. And it depends. You know, you maybe you are a person listening right now and you're like, I am fine if my house is a living nightmare of crap everywhere and it doesn't bother me. And some people are really okay living in a lot of a mess. I am not, and even less so is my husband. Like, Jay cannot handle it. He starts to feel like the walls are closing in on him. That's interesting. And he gets super stressed when there's stuff Everywhere. everywhere. And I, at first, I sort of resisted that. And I was like, what is your problem? Can you just chill out? Like... We don't even have nearly as much stuff as many other people I know. But then I started thinking, if it really bothers him that much, and if I, if, if we all collectively kind of get into a system where things are more organized and where we have places for things where they go, then he's going to walk in the door and in, we've got plenty of other things to walk in the door and feel stressed by. Right. If, if that's right. not one of them, yeah. then when we all walk in the door and we come in and we're like, oh, it feels neat and clean and tidy in here, then we can make the memories and have fun. Right. I mean, I think it's harder to like just be in the moment and enjoy it if you're surrounded by stuff and it's a mess and like... I don't. Well, I, just well, I don't think, think the memories that you can create, and and this is such a personal thing. So just take from this what y'all want. But yeah, and it for, depends on your level of comfort and your partner's for, level of comfort. For for my family, it's funny how many of the memories that my kids have, and they're twenty eight and twenty six or twenty nine and twenty seven now. The memories that they have, so many of their memories, and it's thought of fondly, go back to really hard work yeah. and hard work of maintaining our own life and our own house. And it's this is the fun of having older kids is you can look back and go, okay, the fact that I made them work so hard on the houses, they remember it fondly and they are better humans for it because yeah. they maintain their adult lives in an organized way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think you could do all the psychological studies, but if your house is a house of order that doesn't come with nagging and yelling and all of those things, if you keep a peaceful house of order, 
of course that's going to be a better thing. I mean, yeah. you're going to feel better about that. And I, I just think that there are ways to – and I felt this very strongly. I'm a different generation than you. But I felt very strongly because I was in a house of men that the domestic chores were not going to be falling to me. I yeah, was that you weren't going to be the only one doing all of it. I was working full time and I would be lying if I, if to say that it was always happy, peaceful, every, you know, we're all holding hands while we're scrubbing the floors. I can remember (laughs) as I'm thinking about it, some times of actually screaming that message of (laughs) this isn't just going to be my job. And what's so funny is my husband actually picked up a part time job on the weekends. He did another radio show, which he felt like he negotiated out of that pact. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, and I, in that negotiation, I was like completely, completely fair. You're going to go make more money. You can be, you can be extricated from the house cleaning duties. You are now clear you do nothing. But only if you're contributing something else in some other way to the house. Because he hates cleaning. He hates all of that. He would have hired somebody to live with with us 24-7 to pick up a cup every time we put one down because he hates housework so much. And so that was a fair negotiation, but that was not the negotiation that the boys got. They were an integral part of it. And it had to be because it has to be. And all of that having been said, we created those memories while maintaining our house. And I think you can do that. I think you can too. It is funny though with kids when you say Bernadette is so helpful and she Mm -hmm. is – both of our kids are really great when we say like, okay, we've got – before we watch a movie, we've got to pick up the playroom. Right. Like we're picking up the playroom before we watch a movie together. That's what's happening. Today I did laugh that we were having this conversation today because I was like, what is behind that? We have like a little front, like a chaise lounge kind of in our front window. And I was like, what is that sticking out of there? And I looked and it was a navy blue tutu with silver stars on it. And (laughs) what had happened was before Bernie was out the door to school today, she had she was going to wear that tutu and then she decided not to. So she took it off and I said, "Okay, go go put that back in your room. And she said, (laughs) yeah, I will. (laughs) And then she shoved it behind the chaise. So it clearly didn't make it all the way up the stairs and into her room. And that was her plan. But um. But having them involved in that is important. And, you know, I feel that way, too, though. Like, even when we're in the playroom and I look and I go, you guys can't have fun in here if this junk is everywhere. Everywhere. Like, we've got to put stuff in baskets. We have to have it organized. And then you can pull out the things that you want to play with. And I I am finding more and more that I'm craving fewer things and I'm craving that everything has a place and I'm craving – drawers and cabinets and closets that have space in them that do not are not stuffed to the gills. And that has been something that has been really revolutionary for me and really helpful for me to just start piece by piece organizing. Like we went through Bernie's clothes and, and Bernie is really, I have a coworker who has two girls that are older than her. And so she gives me all this hand-me-down stuff, which is so awesome. It's really fun, but we do kind of end up with like a lot of clothes. And so a couple weekends ago, I realized like her stuff was everywhere because she couldn't figure out where to put it back. She didn't know where to put it back. And there were too many things that she was digging through to find it. And so we went through her clothes. We went through every item and said, do you love this? And does it fit? And she was just bouncing around in her room and I was picking up the items and I was going, okay, do we love this? Does it fit? And she would go, no. And then we would let it go and right. we hand it down to my niece. And, and we ended up with 
probably half the clothes that she had before. And then I was able to use a label maker and label the little drawers. And now she knows where every single thing goes. goes. So she can take her pants that I have, that I fold out on the landing, bring them in and know exactly where she goes. And I really have kept the clothes minimal with Franklin too. I started to just be like, he only needs six pairs of pants. Like, right. what? why does he need 15? He doesn't. Like, the fewer things that you have, the, I mean, you're doing laundry more often, but you have more rotations through. They grow out of things so quickly anyway. And then it's been so amazing to open a dresser and go, he only has three pairs to choose from in there. It makes him getting dressed so easy in the mornings because he's only choosing from the three clean pairs of pants that are in there, not 10 that are stuffed in there. It's really been helpful around here. Well, you know, the the quite humorous, I think I've told you the story before of, (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I had no perception of how fast kids would grow. Yeah. So yeah. I would often buy clothes that were way too big for my kids. And when we looked back at pictures, like they would have been wearing the same <laughs> clothes for like four years because <laughs> it took them that long. There is literally a pictures of Campbell wearing the same shirt for about six years. Oh, my god! So much so that a friend of mine, we were at a swim meet, and she looked over and she's like, what's the deal with that striped shirt of Campbell's? <laughs> Like, and quite frankly, he loved it, but so many of the pictures for years are of him in that shirt. And He's I'm here to it. tell you people, kids really do need much few, many fewer clothes because they'll last. They really do. Yes. Yeah, but, they do. They need, you need fewer things and yeah. and then you just have a little bit of space. And the, the trick is, I mean... I think the key, and we're going to be talking about this in future podcasts because I have a guest who I'm so excited about having on the show to talk about some strategies for minimizing things in your house. But I do think the number one thing you can do to help keep things tidier is just have less stuff. The fewer things that you have, it's just becomes so much easier and so much more automatic to have them put away and have a place for them and have them ready to go. And it's amazing when you start looking at stuff when you're like, like I was going, why do I have four pastry brushes in my kitchen? I don't need four pastry brushes. I need one, maybe two if the kids are going to help me with something. So I don't know why I need all this stuff. This is harder to do. It's easy to talk about, but it's much harder to do. And I would feel disingenuous if I didn't confess to one of the biggest problems of of living in the Midwest and of having raised my kids in the Midwest is most houses have basements. Yeah, I know. And it is so easy to accumulate and not let go. And then you buy another one because you can't find the first one. And I will tell you, that was a nightmare of moving out of St. Paul is – our house was very presentable. The basement was crazy. There were so many <laughs> crates and things and stuff. And and so I really had to pare down when I moved because I just – I wasn't – I was paying for the move myself and I wasn't going to move stuff that I hadn't touched in a long time. And I'm going through the same thing now in Tempe. And this is the last sort of really scaling down again. And I have to say it's so incredibly freeing but the hard part about it is I wish I hadn't accumulated it all in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And so you're in this beautiful position of you don't – you are at a point in your life where you can really – and anybody with young kids right now, oh, my God, think 20 different ways before you bring anything into your house. 
And I wish I had been better about that because I'm now in my second pare down. And it's hard not to look at that and go, oh, that was just money wasted. I wish I invested that in stock. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Stock would have been much easier to not have to move. I wish I had just taken that money and not wasted it. And and so I think you're at just that perfect point in your life where people really do accumulate so much. And I think if you're mindful about it, you will never regret having had less through these years. I think you're right. And also the idea of letting go of things just aren't that aren't functional yep. for you. I I was messaging our friend um, Danny Bruflot, who is the creator of Time is Honey, um, her blog and then her daily page planner that we love so much. She posted a photo of some socks that she was wearing. And basically everything she was wearing that day, she'd had for over a decade. And she was like, these socks have holes in them. And just a funny joke. And I wrote her a message and I said, I have decided that I am officially done with holy socks. If a sock has a hole in it, the (laughs) pair goes directly into the garbage. And I said, I am all for using things for as long as possible. But I am an almost 40 mother of three with a successful career. And I deserve to have socks without Holes. holes. And so if the sock has a hole, I've also started buying better quality socks that don't get holes, which makes me feel a lot better about it. Right. Um, but if it's, and I, and then it was so funny because after I messaged her that and then she, you know, wrote back laughing and I, then the next day I put on socks that had holes the in holes. them. And then I was like, ah, and I wore them one more time that day. And then I put them in the trash and it was time to be done. But it it is amazing how many things we have around our house that aren't even functional. So I found this little list from Reader's Digest, Marjorie, of some ideas of ways that we can kind of just automatically make our homes a little bit more clean and tidy. Okay. Please tell me. This stuff, you have to start following the one in one out rule. Yep. And so if you bring something in, you have to get rid of something. And that I think, I think the easiest place to apply that is your closet. That if you're going to buy something to put in your closet, you need to let something else go. Right. Right. Yeah. And make sure you're actually wearing what's in there. So I think that's really important. And I'm I'm definitely in this phase right now. I just took a whole carload of stuff to Goodwill, which was incredibly freeing. It's It's totally, it's wonderful. And then it's going to get a new life and someone else will be able to use it who needs it. Um, uh, smoothing surfaces. So countertops and tables, it's so easy. Like I think about mine right now and I know I have stuff on them mm-hmm. where if you can just get in the habit of keeping those clean, particularly minimizing the amount of stuff that you store on your counters. Right. So appliances, having them tucked away is much better than having them sitting out on the counter. Yes. Okay. 100%. Setting cleaning systems in place. So having a protocol, they say, experts say that having, if you have a neat home, you tend to have a cleaning schedule and routines so dirt and laundry don't have time to pile up. I did get really great advice from our mutual friend, Colleen Lindstrom from My Talk 1071 when I complained one day about how do you have a child and then so much laundry starts to appear. And she said, fold one basket a day. You have to just fold one basket a day. Right. And then you never end up in this place where there's like 10 baskets. Now, I'm not always successful at that, but I like the idea. Did I ever tell you about when we were, we sold our house in Atlanta and we hadn't yet moved to the Twin Cities, so we needed a six-month interim apartment. And we moved into this new complex in Atlanta where part of the deal was they did one load of laundry a day for you. And so you would set your laundry outside your door and then you would come home and it was done. 
It I want to live there. It was like magic. The other thing that they did every day, Elizabeth, is they set out breakfast in the morning. So there was like a like a buffet of like fresh coffee and muffins and everything. And then at 3 o'clock they did Miss Betty, who is the office manager. Miss Betty would bake the chocolate chip cookies and they set out chocolate chip cookies every day. Oh my so gosh, you can I'm imagine dying. that for my children who were in fourth and second grade, that seemed like a magical part of their yeah, life. That's like the greatest thing ever. But that's the laundry amazing. once a day was was pretty fabulous. It's helpful. Um, yeah. Having a place for everything is also a really important key that you you just, you've got to have like a hook for your keys and you put them there. Yeah. A spot where your mail goes and you put it there. Looking around at like, what's the stuff that's causing clutter? And the reason why it's causing clutter is because it doesn't have a home. And if it yeah. has a home, you can automatically put it in there. And then another one is cleaning as you go. And this is where I talk about that too. And this kind of goes back to our initial launch point of this conversation, which was that idea of just let it go, just let it go and be in the moment that it's, it doesn't work that way that people who have clean houses continue to just do a little bit of cleaning every day instead of waiting until it looks like a bomb went off before you decide to tackle anything. So at the end of the night, and I think having everyone sort of have have their having their areas and their things that they do can help to just make that automatic. Like the kids have to handle the playroom. Jay usually fluffs the pillows in the living room. Right. I handle um, a lot of the kitchen counter and the dining room table. My mom did something which I thought was really smart, and I I, I, I sort of do this as well. Is she would and she worked full time always, and so there you know four kids. For a long time, we lived in a house. It was a big old house. It was a lot to maintain. And what she would do is deep clean sort of a room a month or a room a week. I can't remember what it was. But you didn't get the joy of the house all being sort of deep cleaned at once, which is a great feeling, like when you know like your house is from top to bottom clean. But what it did was it kept it on the main pretty clean. Yeah. And then I had another friend and I thought this system was pretty good. I didn't really do this. When when the kids and I would clean together, you know, I'd turn on some music, they would grab their buckets. It was kind of fun. And trust me, this was not it wasn't happening every week. So I, I, I never want people to think like it was a perfect system. But when it worked, it worked. And they would grab their buckets and we would we would sort of clean the house together. But I had a friend, she was much more buttoned up than I am, who had I think there were six kids in her family. And every Saturday morning was cleaning day. Yeah. And all of the kids had their chores and it was like deep cleaning day. Their house with six kids was always really organized. And when I talked to her son about it, there was no – like he wasn't angry. It just was because Mm -hmm. it had always been that way. And so every Saturday morning before the kids could go out and do anything, you know, they would be done by like 11. Yeah. It wasn't like it took the day. And it was just, it was a non-negotiable, but he never knew anything different. So he didn't even really complain about it. It was kind of like their family time together. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant because they never knew anything different. That would have been a tougher road with my kids because ours was a little bit more sporadic and sort of impulsive. But I always admired that because I loved the way that her son, he was 16 at the time when we were talking about it, and was still doing it, the way her son talked about it as a man – it was as much his job as it was his sister's job. That, yeah, and, that's And important. I loved that. I loved yeah. that it was the family unit just did it together, yeah, which was really cool. Stuff. I yeah. think the bottom line is it's hard to be at your best in your nest if it's just filled with stuff and it's yeah. disorganized and it feels 
stressful for most people. Some people can maybe live like that, but I doubt that everyone in the household is okay living like that. And I think that if you've been telling yourself that it's fine that we're disorganized and it's, it's a mess and it's okay, I think you might be surprised if you put effort towards it and really just start to minimize things and have everything have a place you'll be amazed at like the feeling of lightness that you will have when you come into your home that maybe you didn't have before. Yeah. And I think the most, I think really one of the most important things you said was that that idea of don't worry about the laundry, but just make memories with your kids, that that is an extremely idealized slash unrealistic thing to say to anybody. It doesn't work that way. It It just doesn't doesn't work work that way. No. And that is how we'll wrap this up, Marjorie. (laughs) If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.